everyone. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. As Chantel said, uh, my name is Tara Samuels. Um, I know many of you. Uh, free church. Um, some people I haven't met, but looking forward to chatting and fellowshipping with you after. Um, I have to do this, so she'll laugh, but Eva couldn't be here today because she's traveling, so I told her I'd give her a special shout-out. So Eva, here is your special shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, and we miss you. <laughs> okay, so this morning, sorry, one second. Can you guys still hear me? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah? Doing that to project. Thanks, Anna. Okay, so this morning, we're going to give you a reflection on biblical love. So, we all want love and romance. Who doesn't want love and romance? We're here on Valentine's Day, it's a reflection of our society and its desire at some point to see love and romance. But I will be honest, I'm not really the biggest fan of Valentine's Day, so I kind of laughed when Chantal asked me to speak today. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll do it. Uh, Valentine's Day has always been something that has made me anxious ever since elementary school. Um, I don't know how your schools did it, but we had these candy grams that you had to get, and I just found it so like unnerving, because you're like, oh my gosh, am I gonna get one? Yes, I'm going to get one, but are you going to get one for the person that you really want to get one from? <laughs> and then God forbid you actually get one for the person you didn't want to get one from. Like those people that you just, you're just like, oh, you're not really the coolest person in the class and I don't really want people to think that you like me. And then, you know, we're all in elementary school. It doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. So romance is a good thing. Um, God is for it. Uh, we see it throughout all the scriptures. We see it through the scripture. Um, and it starts in the opening passages of the Bible. So in the beginning, uh, in Genesis 2, we see, oh, actually, I'm going to actually ask somebody to read it. So Genesis 2, 23 to 26, if you have your Bibles. So in the opening passages of scripture, we see the beginnings of a beautiful love story. In Genesis 2, we get the creation account. We see God creates the plants, the vegetation, the animals, but then he creates the pièce de résistance as humans. So if somebody has it, can you read from 23 to 26? Sure. Anyone? Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. Um, so for us who know the story well, we may often gloss over Adam's statement. This is at last, he breaks out into song. This is at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. But let's hang out there for a minute. Up until that point, he's surrounded by vegetation and animals and it's all great. But then he falls asleep, God creates, God creates Eve out of him and he breaks out into song. Like, imagine, this is the first person that you've seen. She's like you. She's beautiful. And your eyes haven't been tainted by sin or anything. Like, she really is just beautiful and magnificent. Like, who wouldn't want to be the object of somebody's affection that way? 
verse 24, we now see uh, the beginnings of their marriage and the wedding. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. That also, too, is like, whoa. They were naked in front of each other and they're not ashamed. How many of us have been in like romantic situations and you're just like, it's like the height of romance and transparency, the fact that you could be with somebody in that way and just not ashamed. So this is perfection at its finest. So, like I said, it's Valentine's Day. We like these things. We like these things. Many of us like these things, not all of us. Um, <laughs> we like the flowers. We like the candy. We like the romance. We see these grand gestures of affection. And Valentine's Day is proof of all that. We dream about love, and it often starts when we're young. Um, I have the pleasure of serving in children's ministry, and I'm in the preschool section. And so the favorite section for the girls, bar none, is the dress-up section. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the most amazing thing to see. They, like, get in there, and many of them, some of them, run to that section. They are dressing up as the princess. They are dressing up as Elsa. I've never, learned, I've never known so much about princesses and fairy tales until <laughs> I've, I've been serving in that ministry. But that's what it is, right? We see these Disney movies. We have these fairy tales and all these things. They're great. Um, the more adult versions tend to be those Hallmark movies on the W Network. Um, we've read romance novels. Um, we study Romeo and Juliet. We see these things, we dream of our wedding day, some of us, and being swept of our feet um, by our knights in shining armor. But only if it ended there, only if it was perfection. But unfortunately, sin enters the world, and everything, including romance, which was, one perfect, which was once perfect, now has a blemish. So I'm going to ask somebody to read Genesis 3 for me, verse 7. Genesis 3, verse 7. I can. Thank you. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And then somebody can read verse 12. And then verse 16. And then I'll read verse 16. And your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So here we are. Sin enters the world. Um, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. And the honeymoon is over. The romance, which we had saw just a couple verses earlier, is now over. It's dead. Um, in Genesis 2, verse 12, we see um, the fall and the effects of that fall with man blaming God and us, women, for the sin entering the world. He says, the man, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Genesis 2.16 goes down further and we see that um, the relationship begins to get cursed. Our desires are opposite. Their desire, the, the desires, Eve, Eve and Adam's desires are contrary to each other. This, this, this flows out into society today. Um, we see this in social media, we see these on TV, we see these through um, all of our relationships which have been tainted uh, by sin. So, I have another confession to make. TV. I like Law & Order, I like political dramas, um, and embarrassingly I will tell you that I used to watch the show Scandal. 
I liked it as well. It was politics, it was drama, it was political relations. For those of you who don't know, I work in government, and so politics and drama is just something I deal with every day. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, great. But what started to convict me about the show, although, um, like I said, I like policies and drama and things like that, was that I realized that there was an affair happening. And then not only that, the mistress was being seen as the hero, whereas the wife was being seen as the villain. And I'm see I was seeing those trends throughout that show and throughout other shows, and I was like, hmm, this is a tainted view of love. It's a tainted view of how we should be operating as couples, how we should be operating as each other, how we should be honoring uh, people's relationships. And so I kind of had to take a step back and I'm like, hmm, maybe this is not for me. Um, but yeah, like I said, sin enters the world. We grow up um, as much as we may be little girls playing uh, dress up and having fairy tales and wishing for our Prince Charming. Uh, we grew up and realized that the fairy tales are just that. They're tales, they're stories. Life is rough, life is hard, um, relationships are hard, relationships are tough. And so what do we do with that? Uh, but we know we serve a good God and God is finding a way to restore our relationships. So how does he do that? So outside of the romantic gestures, outside of these intimate moments, um, God uses the scriptures to point us towards a better relationship. He points us towards a better way of living and conducting ourselves within marriage. Um, the best example that I found was in Ephesians. So Ephesians 5, verse 25 to 26. I will go there and read, but you guys can follow along. So Ephesians 5, verses 25 to 26. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So I know there's no men in this room, um, but for those who are married, um, it's a beautiful picture of what should be happening within our marriages. Um, husbands loving their wives, giving himself up for them, washing her with the word. Um, if, you're, if your husband is sharing the word with you, I find that those are the most intimate times that you can have. Um, it's where you draw the closest, it's where you see each other more clearly. It's where you see each other uh, more clearly through the scriptures. Um, and if you're in a relationship where maybe that may not be happening, um, I would encourage you to pray um, for your spouse um, that these moments, um, that you can see these moments transpiring throughout your relationship. I know not everybody may be, not everybody may be married. Um, and so for anybody who is single or looking for um, those relationships, um, marriage is not the be all and end all. I know oftentimes in a church setting, um, it can often sometimes feel that way. You may be getting questions about, oh, when are you gonna find somebody? Or, that, or you know, who's the lucky man? Or whatever the question may be. Um, but Paul, the apostle in 1 Corinthians 7, reminds us that there is a blessing in singleness as well. And so I would not be um, discouraged um, he reminds the believers in that section to not be anxious. Um, there, there's actually, there's an anxiety that comes with, with marriage that he says in verses 32 and 34 and 35. He encourages the husbands as well, but for the wives, he says, don't be anxious because the, the, he was talking about being anxious of the affairs of the world. So for us who are married, we know that our primary ministry is in our house. Our primary ministry is to our husband. If we have children, our primary ministry is to our children first before the church. 
And so there's just things that we, our days are filled up. Our days are filled up with trying to manage our schedules, trying to manage the kids' schedules, trying to manage life. And then on top of that, um, trying to serve at church. And for those of you who may be single, there's a blessing in being able to serve fully, wholly, completely um, to the church body. And I've seen it happen here. I've seen it happen in my old church. Um, there was a, a, a man who served in the children's ministry. He ran the children's ministry and he did it dutifully and honorably for the greater part of the time that I was there, which was 11 years. And we got to serve alongside each other. And because of his singleness, he was able to serve in a way that all of us couldn't do. He could do, he could, he could be at the church extra early and he could stay at the church extra late. We would literally close the church at 11 o'clock at night. And he was able to do that because, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a wife and that was what the Lord had called him to do um, in that setting. So, now for us believers, we know that life doesn't end there, here on earth. When we die, we know we'll be re- we will be resurrected um, with new bodies. So I'm going to ask somebody to go to Matthew 22, and we're going to read verses 29 and 30. So Matthew 22, verses 29 to 30. Can I have a volunteer? Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this passage of scripture, um, the context before it is that there is a woman who was married, her husband died, and then she, they had seven brothers. So similar to what we learned like in Ruth last, last week on Sunday from Utah, there's like this process that happens if you're... Um, when you're, when you're married and somebody dies, uh, sorry, your husband dies. And so the part that stuck out to me wasn't the fact that she was, had to be remarried seven times, but that Jesus said, you know not the power of God nor the scriptures. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Um, and it stuck out to me because um, when we pass away, and we get to the new heavens and new earth, we will not be married. We will not have our spouses with us in the way that we know and now. And for me, that hit home. I'm married. I love my husband. We have great times together. And there's almost like a sadness that comes with potentially not being able to know that type of love um, in the new heavens and new earth. But Jesus is pointing to a greater love that happens. Love on this side of the cross is not infinite. But, and our love and our romantic relationships is not eternal, as society would often like us to think. Um, so what does that mean now for how we pursue love here on earth? If we're so wrapped up in um, the various things that, that society tells us that love is, or the various notions that, that society tells us that love is, like what does that mean for us if, if Jesus is saying, when you get to the new heavens and new earth, you will not have a husband and wife? So where does that leave us? I'm going to move us to Revelation, the book of Revelation. And chapter 19. And I'll be reading from verses 6 to 9. So it says, Then I heard, then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude 
like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with the fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So the Apostle John is telling us about the best wedding that we will ever be a part of for us as believers. Um, they, when, we, when sin entered the world in Genesis 3, there was shame and the covering up of our bodies with clothes. But here in verse 8, it says that we'll be granted clothes through righteousness and through the fine linens of the deeds of the saints. There's an invitation here to participate in, in this love and in this great display or this grand display of affection that happens um, at the end of the age. And so I will conclude with this, that Valentine's Day is special, and I never used to think that before. Uh, but now I realize that these festivities in Valentine's Day, the gathering, the love, sharing of candy, sharing of time, all these things are pointing towards a greater love that we should be looking at. And that love is found not in a person, not in a man, but in the person and in the God-man, which is Jesus Christ. He died for us and he died, on, he died sacrificially for us. And we can find that true love today um, if we continue to seek him. Um, we may never, for some people, they may never get married. Um, for some people, they may be married, divorced. Um, their husband may pass away. Um, and for us who are married, our husbands will fail us at some point. Um, and even if they do, and even if they, yeah, and even if we do live happily ever after, um, death at some point will, will separate us. So this was just a reminder that the Bible reminds us that Jesus will never leave us. Jesus is our knight in shining armor, for lack of a better term. Um, and we can find this if we faithfully seek him. So God wants us to find true love on Valentine's Day. And the greatest love we can ever have is to receive Christ. So I would encourage you all to receive him today, uh, to, joy, to, be, to enjoy him today, and to love him today. So happy Valentine's Day, ladies.